0: Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank, member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Sometimes a president's greatest legacy is the judiciary he leaves behind. When he was campaigning, now President Donald Trump used the Supreme Court and the judiciary as a way to convince Republicans who were reluctant to support him. So the Democrats would have an absolute free run. Probably you wouldn't even campaign because it would be impossible to win. And what does that mean? That means that automatically they are going to appoint very, very, very liberal judges. Trump has already put conservative Justice Neil Gorsuch on the Supreme Court, reestablishing the 5-4 conservative advantage. Now he's moving to shift the federal appellate and district courts to the right. Joining me is Paul Barrett, editor for Bloomberg Businessweek, who's written an article entitled Trump Begins Shifting Courts Rightward, Just As Republicans Hoped. Paul Only one other president, James Garfield, in 1881, had a Supreme Court vacancy to fill as soon as he took office. And Trump also has 107 vacancies on trial and appellate courts. Why is that vacancy list so high?
1: Right. And the uh, number of openings has actually increased to 136 uh, since he took office. And uh, a big part of the reason why it's so high is the Republican uh, strategy under Senator Mitch McConnell, of uh, holding open those seats, not confirming uh, President Obama's uh, nominees. And that was uh, put into effect most dramatically with the Supreme Court opening. Uh, you had Justice Scalia, who uh, died unexpectedly in February of uh, 2016. Um, and, hit, and that seat uh, just stayed open, even though Obama nominated Judge Merrick Garland to fill it. Um, and it was held open until uh, President Trump took office.
0: When people think of presidential judicial appointments, they usually think about the Supreme Court. But explain the importance of the appellate and district court judges.
1: Sure. There are 890 uh, slots on the lower federal courts, and the district courts are the place where trials, criminal and civil, take place. And the uh, federal circuit courts are the appellate courts uh, where the losing party can, uh, can appeal. And from the circuit courts, uh, a small number of cases are filtered up to the Supreme Court, some 70 or 75 a year. So uh, because the Supreme Court takes so few cases, uh, a lot of matters, for, pra- for all practical purposes, are resolved in the lower courts. So if you have an individual dispute... Um, that's likely where it's going to get resolved. And even if you have a test case um, where there's some big question of law afoot, still it's likely to be one of the courts of appeals that has the final word because the Supreme Court in all likelihood will simply decline to review the case.
0: Trump outsourced the Supreme Court pick to two establishment conservative groups. Is he doing the same with the other vacancies?
1: Yes, the uh, Heritage uh, Foundation in Uh, Washington and the uh, Federalist Society, which has chapters all over the country based at law schools and elsewhere, uh, are playing a significant role in in advising uh, uh, President Trump's uh, White House staff uh, as they have played that role for past Republican presidents. So this is not anything new. Uh, These outside groups uh, basically are kind of uh, recruitment vehicles. Um, They're familiar with Uh, lawyers all over the country who might not be uh, immediately familiar to the White House.
0: Liberal judicial activists are concerned that Trump shaping the judiciary is going to mean cutbacks, you know, going backward on hard-fought rights and liberties. Can he accomplish that in four years? Uh,
1: He can. if, If he moves aggressively to fill these these open slots. And he's just beginning to do that now. He's made 15 nominations to the lower courts so far. Um, If he moves quickly, uh, he can begin to shift the balance uh, back toward the red and away from the blue. Um, And uh, I think the liberal groups are... uh, you know, justified in their fear because uh, with advice from the Federal Society and, Her- and Heritage Foundation, uh, the uh, White House has been choosing impressive, uh, particularly uh, courts of appeals uh, nominees. And these are people who in many cases have had a, a scholarly background and then have served in uh, a lower court or, or, or themselves law professors. And they're the kind of people who will have influence uh, if they get on the court.
0: I take it they're all very conservative. Is there any chance that some of them will not get through?
1: Well, yes. I mean, in, in any administration, there's usually, at least at the fringes, um, some uh, nominee, judicial nominees uh, who become the focus of of controversy, and that is already true um, with uh, the Trump nominees. Uh, There's a a guy named uh, Damian Schiff and uh, and a Kentucky lawyer named John Bush, and both of them, as it happens, uh, were prolific uh, bloggers in their earlier life and uh, gave uh, expression to what I think it's uh, uh, safe to say, or some rather far-right uh, political views, which is fine if you're just a blogger, but can become uh, embarrassing if you're up for confirmation. And I think those two in particular um, may uh, find themselves uh, with a fight to get through the Senate.
0: It's a very important topic, a great article. Thanks as always for being here. Paul Barrett, sure. editor for Bloomberg Businessweek.